We are in prayer mode. So please don't relax. Let your spirit be alert. As the word goes forth. The Bible says, as Jesus Christ was preaching, the Holy Ghost was doing what? Healing the sick. It was doing something great. So as the word is going on, be alert in the spirit to hear what God will say unto you. Choir, please come, please. The choir I want to minister, the message has started, by the way. Message has what? Started. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. I read from New Living Translation. It said, Don't worry about anything, including that your very big problem. Say, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. I want you to focus your mind on God as the choir minister to, to you right now. Look at the lyrics of that song and let it minister to you. Eat the lyrics of that song and see it make a meaning in your life. And your life will never be what you say. Be blessed as we minister to you in Jesus' name.
challenges. I refuse to worry about them. I hand them over to you. Please make a way for me and give me total victory. Why not go ahead and pray that prayer? Lord, I thank you for my challenges. For every issue of my life, I thank you. Today, I hand them over to you. All my challenges, I hand them over to you. Because I know you are the only one that can make a way for me. 
I hand them over to you. Make a way for me. And give me total and complete victory. Give me and my household total and complete victory. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Holy Spirit. In Jesus. Mighty name we have prayed. I want you to stretch your hand towards this choir and pray for them. That God will increase His grace upon our lives. That we will not fail Him. It's a thing for God to give you a gift, to give you opportunity. But you are left either you fail Him or you pass. Say, God, help this choir not to fail you. As they have ministered to us, whatever they are going through, meet them at the point of their needs. Meet every member of this choir at the point of our needs. Terminate every challenge completely in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. You can please go to your seat. God bless you. We we'll continue our series. And by God's grace, I think we will do the last part today. In September, on September 5th last year, we had a teaching on believers and challenges. And the Holy Spirit said, it's time to do that series again. We said, challenges is anything that stands between you and your expected hand. And we went through what should be your approach to your challenges. So you should see your challenges the way God sees it. Call your challenges what God calls them. And present and portray your challenges the way they will give glory to God. Not the way they will make somebody to say, Are you say you are a child of God. Looking at how to overcome the challenges, we talk about engaging the powerful, creative and prophetic weapon of all is well. And we went through that. And God proved himself on that day. Today, by God's grace, because we have living third time, we are going to be focusing on divine diagnosis and prescription for all the challenges that a believer goes through. When you go to a clinic, they take you through the machine. And the machine diagnoses. The doctor can only guess. But at least they have programmed the machine to say, okay, this is how your this is this is how your disease. Now in the state clinic, we are God the Father, is the metro, and Jesus is the chief consultant. He wants to give us what is the divine prescription, divine diagnosis and divine prescription for all our challenges. So we are doing believers and challenges part two today. Let's open to James 5.13. James 5.13. I want us to open to you because that's the major text we are going to be bringing today so that you, you, you see what the Holy Spirit has written there for you and you get blessed. It says, if any among you believers it didn't say among unbelievers 
If any among you afflicted, what should he do? What should he do? If any among you afflicted, let him or her pray. When you go to different translations of the Bible, you see what affliction means. I'll try to look at some. Let me just quickly run through that. In NIV, it said, Is anyone troubled with sickness, with barrenness, with failure, with losses, with denial, with abuses? In Amplified Version, it said, Is anyone of you ill-treated, maltreated? You are working like an elephant. They are paying you a salary of an hand. You are maltreated at work. Is any one of you going through frustration at the place of work? Or you are even being bullied? They are harassing you anyhow in your place of work or among your, your peers. Each time you see them, you cover your face. You can't, you can't stand bored. Is any one of you being maltreated? In New Living Translation, it says, Is any of you suffering hardship? It may be physical hardship. Emotional hardship, economic hardship, poverty, lack, difficulty to get his door. The message transition says, Is any of you hurting? You are going through pain, agony. You have been betrayed. And it is paining you. The wound is still very fresh. Among believers. Other translations say, Is any of you tormented and fearful? When you wake up in the morning, you are sweating because of the dream you had. You have been tormented in the dream. You have the fear of death. Each time you see anything happen, your heart is. Say, Is any one of you being tormented or fearful? Is any one of you going through insomnia? You can't sleep. You somebody snoring beside you and say, God, where will I be able to sleep that this man? It's affliction. Is any one of you under attack? Demonic attack. The doctor has diagnosed. They said, we don't know what is the source of this problem. You have been going. They said, we don't know the source. Let's just try to use this. Okay, we'll try to use this. Demonic attack. Is any of you afflicted? Is any of you being denied of their rights? Is there any expectation in your heart? That when you're about to get it, you lose it. What should you do? Let in pray. Let her pray. If you read Holy Bible Translation Amplified Version, it said the person should pray. No other alternative. And that's the message for today. If any of you afflicted, let him pray. It did not say let him murmur. It did not say let him complain. It's not say let him pretend. 
as if nothing happened. It's not saying let him just manage it and things will get better, things will get better and do much about it. Say, let him pray. He did not say let him cry. Because, you know what cry does? Cry hard to the problem. If you don't believe, go ahead, brother David. In First Samuel 30, when he lost everything he had, the Bible said, David, mighty warrior, they just won battle. They came to their camp, all their wives, all the team, everything gone. And they started to cry, hey God, God, why you cry? You did this for us. They started to cry, empty men. And they cried until there was no strength in them again. Does that represent you? But the Bible says, when the people cried, they got tired. What did they do? They said, we'll kill David today. We'll kill you. David, we'll kill you. You are the source of our problem. David quickly ran. Say, God, please have mercy on me. The Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And he went to pray. And solution came. Pursue. You will overtake. And you will recover all. And he did. And he recovered all. Let him pray. He did not say, let him send prayer points to church. But he himself stay at home and don't come to prayer meeting. It is said, go to pastor to pray. It said, let him, you, that is passing through the problem, do what? That is why I pity some people. You are passing through challenges and you don't come to prayer meeting. Thank God for being a pastor. God is my witness. I pray for every member of this church every day. But I can assure you, <laughs> I pray my home better. Because I know where it brings me. I'm the one going through the pain. Do you share my pain? You don't. It did not say let him share prayer points. It said let him, 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 him. Let her, her pray. So why do you stay out of prayer points, of prayer meetings? We call for vigil. You don't come. And you are passing through problems. You have issues. You don't come. It, it, it pains my heart when I see people like that. And you ask that people, where are they? They are not in the office. They are probably just playing around. Doing things not, not, not that you cannot compare. And you are passing through problems. This one I would say that pains a man of God in, your, in the heart. Because God needs your faith. And my faith as a pastor for that miracle to happen. Because if you don't have, if you ask, don't have faith, you don't pray about it, you will not sustain that miracle when it happens. For you to get a miracle, you need prayer. To sustain the pre- miracle, what do you need? Prayer. Galatians 6 5 says, For every man shall bear their own body. Galatians 6 5. Every man. Shall bear what? Their own body. Do you leave your body in the house of people? And you, you are, you are drinking tea. So affliction among believers. 
should not be a surprise. Rather, it should be an opportunity for the power of God to be demonstrated. And for the name of God to be glorified. If all of us here, we are living as heaven on earth, truly. How will people know that our God is powerful? How will they know? They can't. So when you are passing through your challenges, celebrate! Because testimony is around the corner. And you will overcome in the name of Jesus. I said you will overcome in the name of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17, look at what Paul said. Paul says for Second Corinthians 4, 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, I love Brother Paul. If you know what Paul went through, terrible things. But what how did this call them? Say our light small affliction. And therefore, but for what? Short moment. You know what that means? Paul is saying, every of your challenge, they are small compared to your God. True or false? So why do you magnify that problem more than God? It's not just for a moment. What does that mean? It means every challenge you are going through, they have time limit. They have expiring date. Approved by every authority. Your challenges have what? Expiring date. So relax. Because you will outlive that problem. Tell somebody, you will outlive that challenge. That challenge will not overcome you. In the name of Jesus. Many of us, when you, if, you, if I give you opportunity, you just come and share the challenges you are going through. You will probably describe them like this. Let's see what, how Paul describes his challenges. In 2 Corinthians 7.5, New Living Translation. Good. 2 Corinthians 7.5. 2 Corinthians 7.5. He said, when we arrived in Macedonia, look at it on the screen. Let's read it together. So when we arrived in Macedonia, there was what? No rest. Is that like you? He said we faced what? Conflict. On which side? Nowhere to hide. He said what? With battles. Where? Inside and outside. So where do you run to? <laughs> A great apostle. Describing his problem that way. So you say you want to hide. You can't hide. Many of us, if you are asked to describe your problem, you describe gra- more graphical than that. But thank God for the benefit we have in Jesus. In Psalm 34, verse 19. Psalm 34 verse 19 It says many are the affliction of the righteous There are many There are many No matter how many But the Lord delivered them From them all Not from some But from all I see God deliver you From all your challenges In the name of Jesus Jesus said in John 16.33 Said these things are spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. 
In the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. You know why I say you should rejoice? Because I've overcome on your behalf. Now, let me say this. It is not a sin for you to have challenges. But it is a sin if you mismanage it. Proverbs 24.10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Your prayer is little. You are using the wrong prescription. That's what the Bible says. Which means, only divine prescription that God has given you and high, which is what? Pray. It's acceptable and it's the only guaranteed way for you to come out of that challenge. The problem with that is, are you truly praying? Many of us, we ask you to pray, to fast within this week. We ask you to fast three days. You did not. And you're having issues. If you say, because I have ulcer, the best way to cure ulcer is to fast and pray. And you are drinking tea, you are, you are eating. You did not pray. And you want your problem solved. Let's quickly go to, I'll take you through the, the causes, some of the causes and remedies of challenges in the life of believers. We have very limited periods, so I'll be fast. Please bear with me. Causes, or you can call it the reasons, for your challenges and what are the divine prescription, which is prayer of God. And how do you pray? If you discover that is the type of the problem, the source of your challenge, which kind of prayer do you pray? Quickly. Number one cause, unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. Remember, I'm talking of who? Believers. If any among you believers afflicted, unconfessed sins, disobedient to divine instruction. I've told you about Deuteronomy 28. God said, If you obey me, I will bless you. If you disobey me, I will not leave the devil to curse you. I will curse you myself. So, are you passing through challenges because of disobedience? You have to be holy. You have to pay your tithe. You have to forgive your neighbors. You have to live at peace with all your neighbors. But your home is living in, in hatred with your, with your neighbor. And you want your challenges to go. Does it match? It doesn't. If you are living in disobedience, the challenges. <laughs> it's not going to go. If you are in deliberate sins, you know this is a sin and you are committing it. James 4 17 says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. Nobody here can tell me I don't know what is sin. You know it, but you are still doing it. It's a sin. It will make challenges compound. Bad thoughts, Proverbs twenty-four ninety-nine. The wrong words spoken or written about another person. Look.
look at this word, Matthew 5.22. Let's, let's have it, Matthew 5.22. Let's have it on the screen. Matthew 5.22, in New Living Translation. So, but I say, if you are evil and grieve with someone, you are subject to judgment. You are angry with someone. It's a sin. God said, be angry. But what? Say not. So if you call someone an idiot, do you see that? I did not write it. You call someone an idiot, what the Bible says? You will face judgment. So you commit sin or not, and you don't confess it. And you, many of you will speak anyhow. Even to yourself and to people. Look at what you said again. And if you cause someone, if you go to King James Version, say, if you cause someone fool, what is the consequence? Hellfire. Does this sound biblical? You cause someone fool. You call someone idiot. You call someone stupid. You call the person God created that is a fool. And fire. And you have not confessed. And you are still doing it. Now, the warning. God will not bend this rule and judgment because of your challenges. God is not a pity party God. That you are passing through that challenge does not waive you from being holy. In fact, God will not judge you based on the challenges you go through. What somebody did to you or did not do to you. But God will judge you based on your response to the challenges. He will judge you based on how you react to people when they harass you, when they abuse you. But He will not judge you based on what that person did to you. So don't God understand. He understands what God will not bend this rule because of you. How did you respond? Your challenges are never an excuse for you to compromise and live in sin. No matter what you are going through. So what is the prayer you need to pray? If you know that your challenges is because of your unconfessing, we all know it. Repent. Pray a prayer of forgiveness. Father, forgive me. Don't say, yes, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm born again. You are born again, but you are still committing sin. And you know it. Confess. Open your mouth and confess. Proverbs 28, 13. If that covenant is sin, shall not what? It's not me that wrote it in the Bible. You cover your sin, you will not prosper. And also confess it in prayers. Shall have mercy. James 5.16 Say, confess what you are not, and therefore your fault. And when you confess what happened, you get healed. James 5.16 Psalm 34 verse 17 Say, the righteous cry, and the Lord hear it. So, the unrighteous cry, and the Lord does not hear. That's number one. Number two, why ch- believers go through challenges because of it? The sin of others. What I mean others, it may be your parents. It may be your forefathers. Many of us have passed through challenges now because of what our forefathers did. 
Lamentation 5-7. Lamentation 5-7. See, our ancestors, they sinned, but they have died, and we are suffering the punishment they deserve. New Living Translation. Lamentation 5-7. Our ancestors, they sinned, but they have died. But we that we are still living, we are paying for the evil they did. You know what I mean? Please be careful what you do. Because your children will live from it. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you confess. Your generation, they can't escape it unless they cut themselves off. And that's the solution. What is the remedy? Nehemiah 1 6. We saw Nehemiah going to God when he heard about the broken wall of Jerusalem. The Bible says, Wait to God and say, We are my generation, we have sinned. God forgive us. You don't say, Yes, me, I'm born again. Yes, I'm born again. But you are passing through issues that you know is traceable to your generation. The same affliction your grandfather had. Your father has, you to yourself, and you say, oh, it is part of our family tradition. And it's affliction. What do you do? You do like what Jabez did. In First Chronicles 4, 9-10, the mother of Jabez gave back to him in pain. And he said, this, this boy, your name is Sorrow. Oh, and the Sorrow was following brother Jabez every day of his life. He was not the one that said, I will be Sorrow. The mother called him sorrow. And you know what he did? He went to God. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me. That you will enlarge my course. That will keep my enemy far from me. And the Bible said, and the Lord heard his prayers. He did not go to the man and say, my mother, I will kill you today. Why did you give me this name? No. He went to God. He prayed. Say, I cut myself off from this cause. You need prayer of deliverance. That's what it means. You pre- if you discover that your generation they are the cause of your problem, you need what we call the prayer of confession on their behalf, ask for mercy, and go for deliverance. That you will be cut off from the lake. Number three, many of us are passing through challenges because of some of them. Some, they are part of God's plan for you. Can I see a smile? A smile a smiley face on your eyes. <laughs> and you know, many believers, they quickly conclude that their problem is God's plan for them. And God will laugh. And you? You that will refuse to confess your sin. You are saying it is me. You deceive yourself. Only some. You are living in sin. You say it's God's plan. Sorry, it's not. Some are because of God's plan for you. And we call them trial of faith. And why? Because God wants to mature us. He wants to grow us. So that we'll be able to construct the enemy. So that we'll be able to fulfill the purpose for which he created us. If you love your child so much, say, my child, don't go and read. Stay at home and relax and drink tea. Until 18 years. And I will think about it. Do you love the child? <laughs> so God will take you to trials to grow you so that you will not be a baby I told you about Paul's affliction look at what God said about Paul 
Paul was called and God said, Acts 9.16 For I will show him how great things he must suffer. And when you go to Second Chronicles 11, 23-28, you will see all the suffering of Paul. Shipwreck, he was beaten several times, he was harassed by brethren, harassed by people of his own country, he was robbed by armed robbers. Terrible things. And he called all of them light affliction. And what is the warning God is giving us here? Don't assume it is God when it is not Him. It's a wrong position to be. Joseph had to go through the school of hard labor so that he would know how to work. Joseph was a spoiled child. The man of God said, Joseph, when God discovered this boy, because of this vision I gave him, if I don't take him through this trial, this boy will, he would not make this dream to come to pass. You know what God did? God first put him in the school that we call Pete. He put him in the pit. And you know what Pete means? Prophet in training. <laughs> God makes him to go to that pit and begin what? His training. And what is the remedy? If your challenges is because of God doing it, God allowed it because it's part of your plan. Prayer will call the prayer of sufficient grace not to give up, but to pass and to come out triumphant with crowns on your head. Second Corinthians twelve nine. Second Corinthians twelve nine. We saw Paul, God saying to Paul that most God be therefore when God said my grace is sufficient for you Paul said most gladly I will rather glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest on me. So if you discover your challenges because of God's plan for you celebrate and ask for grace not to fail God. 1 Corinthians 10 19 he said, no matter what you are going through, God is going to make a way of escape. God will not give you a professor test to a primary school boy. God is too smart to do that. He will not give you a test that is meant for a doctorate degree. And you are still in primary school and say, you come and do the test. Can you even do that? God will give you trials that is according to your weight in the spiritual realm. Which means it will make a way. Number four, if the source of your problem may be because of righteousness' sake, and I love this also, the fact that if you are holy, prepare, because the devil, you <laughs> will say, "Oh, this man said he will be holy." That is why he will send temptation to you, right front and center, everywhere. In 1 Peter 3, 14, say, but, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. 1 Peter 4, 16, 1 Peter 4, 16, yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. You know what that means? 
When you refuse to compromise in your office, you are suffering. And because of that, they, they refuse to promote you. You are suffering because of what? Righteousness sake. When they ask you to come and join them to do fraudulent heart, you say no. They ask you to come and commit sin, you say no. You are suffering for righteousness sake. And a classical, two classical examples in the Bible in the three Hebrews and Daniel. I love that story each time I read it. Look at what they said. I think, okay, we'll probably we'll read, we'll read later because of, of time. We saw three things happen in the life of the three Hebrews. When the king said, Bow to my image, or I will put you in the furnace. King, we don't care what you do. Put us in that furnace. But we know our God will deliver you. We don't care. Do your worst. Have you compromised your commitment? Is that the source of your challenge? First Peter four fifteen. Paul, Peter wants us. First Peter four fifteen. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or as a busy bodies in other men's matters. <laughs> if you want to suffer, suffer because of righteousness, not because you are doing the wrong thing. What is the remedy? The prayer point. If you discover you are suffering because of the righteousness, you refuse to compromise. What is the prayer? It's what we call the prayer of commitment to God. For grace, not to give in to pressure. Prayer of deliverance from physical destruction. And prayer for God to step in and glorify Himself through that situation. If you go to the story of the three Hebrews also, in Daniel 3, the Bible says, in Daniel 3, 16 to 18, the three Hebrews said, If it be so, our God whom we serve, this is their prayer, is able to deliver us from the burning furnace, and He will deliver us out of your hand. Did God do it or not? When they said, Daniel, stop praying. Daniel said, I will not stop praying because that is your law. It's not my God's law. Daniel went to pray. When, Daniel, when they put Daniel in the lion's den, what happened? He got what we call the company of angels. And that's what happened to you when you have been persecuted because of your righteousness. So don't give in. No matter the pressure. No matter the pressure, stay committed to your God. But go ahead and pray. And God will make a way. If God has to kill somebody, He has done it before. For you to overcome, God will do it. Go to the Bible. Your God is <laughs> a killer in court. You mess around with Him, He will, he will, he will destroy you. There's no time for us, for us to go to that. But please don't mess, don't, don't mess around with God. And if anybody messes around with you because you are righteous, they say, if you don't do this, we will not give you this. If you don't come to do this, we will not give you this promotion. Take it to God in prayer. And see what, what your God will do. If the guy does not mind himself, he will be destroyed. And that is it. But you can only do that in place of prayer. If any of you are afflicted, let him pray. Number five, many of us will suffer because of our wrong decisions. Wrong choices that you have made. 
Look at Psalm 119 verse 67. Psalm 119 verse 67. It said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. David was very, very, very truthful about his issue. So before I went as before you disciplined me, I know that I committed sin. I made the wrong decision. Proverbs fourteen twelve said that a way that seemeth right unto God, but the end thereof is of death. You know the story of Jonah. Jonah decided to go against the will of God, and he found himself in the belly. To be dead is better than being on the belly of a fish. You know how comfortable that place is. <laughs> you know how comfortable he found himself in the belly of the fish because of his decision. Are you suffering because of the wrong decision you made? Jacob, he was a smart liar, deceiver. But when he got to Laban's house, he met a great hay. <laughs> He thought he was smart. But when he got to Laban's house, Laban messed around, messed his life around, if not for God's mercy. But when he came to himself, Jacob prayed, Say, God, I know I'm a liar. Today, if you don't bless me, I will not let you go. That is the solution. You know you have been living in a wrong way. You have taken wrong decisions. You go to God and pray the prayer we call the prayer of repentance and complete restoration. And that was what Jonah did. Bible says, and Jonah prayed. Jonah two one to four. Jonah prayed, and the Lord helped him out of the belly of the fish. In verse two, he said, and I cried by the reason of my affliction, and the Lord heard me. In verse four, look at what he said. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again. That is what repentance. You have taken a wrong decision. You are suffering because of it. Go to God for the prayer. That's the prayer you pray. Let me quickly show you this for you to know why you need to take this very serious. Let's open to Psalm 23, verse 1 to 4. And see how we handle things and how God handles things. Well, our decision is very, very important. Psalm 23, verse 1 to 4. Everything God did from verse 1 to 3 said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in grace pastors. He leadeth me without still waters. He restoreth my soul. And leadeth me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Now, when man wants to do his own, what do you do? He says, yes, go and walk. In what? That is our life. Everything about God is perfect. But when we want to do your own, when we want to do our own, you walk in the path of shadow of death. Have you made a wrong decision? And you are suffering because of it? Go to God in repentance. Like Jonah. Like Jacob. And finally, many of us are suffering because of satanic attack. And that is the sweetest to manage. Because what God said in this world, you will pass through tribulation. But be of good cheer and overcome on your behalf. Let me tell you this. The devil is not a lazy person or spirit, whatever you call him, at all. is active and playing his role and responsibility without compromise. And what is his job description? Who knows the devil's job description? John 10.10 Kill, 
steal and destroy. And the devil does, he got above target on that. And you know who he targets? You and I. That's why you must not relax. Every believer is a constant threat to the devil. Please don't relax. Continue to pray and flush the devil out of your life. In First Peter 3, 5a, he said, be sober, be watchful, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about, doing what? Seeking whom to devour, and you are drinking tea when you're supposed to be praying. And you think the devil will just pass you by? No. Matthew 30, 25 said, But while men slept, the enemy came. And discussion happened. Ephesians 4, 27, Neither give place to the devil. Don't give the devil place in your life. If that better the hedge, the serpent will part. And which prayer do you pray? You pray the prayer we call the prayer for God to help you, to deliver you from your enemy. The Sabbath said in Psalm 7 verse 6, Alas, O Lord, in thy hunger, lift up thyself before because of the rage of my enemies. Awake on my behalf. In Psalm 18 verse 17, he said, He delivered me from my strong enemy. That's the prayer you pray. Use your power as is given to you in Luke 10 19. Say, Behold, I have given you power to tread the serpent and scorpion and over every power of the enemy, and nothing shall the enemies hurt you. You have the power, engage it. Don't be fidgeting before the devil. Command him, say, Receive the devil. And what? He will flee. Let's rest on our feet. We are going to pray. This is some more about believers. If you are here, you are not born again, please let's have. Our prayer point is going to be, I want you to pray that prayer. Psalm 25, verse 16 to 21. New Living Translation. Let's have it on the screen. I will leave you to pray that prayer. And I will call the pastor, because our time is gone. Psalm 25, 16 to 21. The psalmist said, Turn to me, and have mercy on me. So I am alone in deep distress. That's affliction. My problem goes from bad to worse. Oh, save me from harm. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how victorious they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced. For in you I take refuge. Go ahead and pray that prayer. Just pray to Lord the way it is in that, in that world. Thank God this is my cry unto you. Lord, turn to me and have mercy on me. I am alone. I am in distress. My problem goes from bad to worse. Save me from them all. Feel my pain, O oh Lord. See my trouble. Feel my pain, O oh Lord. See my trouble and forgive all my sins. Protect me and rescue me from them all. Do not let me be disgraced. For in you I take refuge. My integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed.
you just pray that I want you to go when you get home again because of our time. You pray that prayer until you have a release in your spirit that God has answered. Somebody say, how do I know if my problem is because of this, because of that? Jeremiah 3, 3. Call unto me. I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things which you know not. You want to know the source of your problem. You know what you do? Pray. And God will show you. And what do you do? Search the word. God will reveal. Say, I will show you that which you know not. Search the word until you see the word that represents your problem. And the solution come. God bless you. Please take your seat. Now it's time for us to go to the Lord's table. Please be in the attitude of prayer as we have started with. God is in our midst. Now we are in the important time taking part in the Lord's table. Before we pray, let us read it for you from 1st Corinthians chapter 11, from verse 23 onwards. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many asleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Dear children of God, this table is prepared for the children, those who are accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, and obeyed Him in the waters of baptism. So the scripture is very clear. Because of the time, I'm not going very detailed. And you examine yourself. You heard the word. You know the scripture. It is very clear. And if you have any sin in you, please do not take part in this table. And you pray 
God will set you free. And if you have a good conscience, yes you are. Otherwise, better to stay back. And this table, it is not as a routine, not as a ritual we do it. It is an ordinance of the church. God has given. That's why we do it. And this is to remember the death of our Lord Jesus Christ and a reminder to proclaim His death to this world. Amen? Let's close our eyes. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for the wonderful time and the great privilege that you've given us. Once again, Lord, we are here before the table that you prepare us. Lord, we take this opportunity to bless the bread and the wine, which is uh, symbolic to us of your, the body and the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. When we take part in this, O oh Father, Lord, we identify ourselves with you in your suffering, in your death, in your resurrection and your coming. And we also take pledge that we will proclaim about your death. Lord, to this world. Lord, cleanse each and every one of us by the blood of your Son, Jesus, and make us the worthy children to take part in this table, so that, Lord, we will take blessings in ourselves and also, Lord, have blessings to one another. Unite us in faith and also in love. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Please listen to the answers as they are guiding you. Cooperate with them. And uh, we'll go to the last table now.
There is no one like him. Just a few announcements. The prayer that was supposed to be today is actually for all the workers is tomorrow at 4. All workers of various ministries. If you are a worker in a ministry or an associate worker, tomorrow at 4 we'll be meeting in the old hall from 4 to 5.30. So please make yourselves free workers and co-workers of all ministries to be there. Um, <clears throat> we are going to pray for my um, brother Sibi, who's gone for his marriage. We're going to lift him up in our prayers also while we pray for various needs. We got a testimony from um, Brother Sudhir and Seren from Australia that God has blessed Brother Sudhir with a wonderful job and he wanted to thank everybody in the church who has lifted him up in prayer. God has been merciful. In his time, he gave Brother Sudhir a beautiful job and he conveys his regards and love. Some of you have noticed some of our Filipino boys were sitting in the second row for the last four weeks. If you had noticed, they have gone back to the Philippines by the grace of God. They, had, they were uh, under amnesty and they sent their regards and greetings to all church members for your prayer and financial support. They said, please convey our love. We were touched and they have a desire that God will bring them back someday. Because they said that they were blessed in our church. We give glory to God for that also. Amen. If you turn to our Bibles to Psalm 27, verses 8 and 9. Psalm 27, verses 8 and 9. The Bible says, You have said, Seek my face, my heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. Oh, you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. Today we heard the message that it was spoken today. And we are going to pray very specially for two prayer needs along with Sebi. We are going to pray for our brother Joe Simmons' wife, Maria, who is going to undergo an uh, operation, number one. And we are going to pray for a little girl in our church by the name of Rianne, that is brother Saji's daughter who is very sick. So two prayer needs for healing and one prayer need for celebration. So we are going to just lift up these needs and say, God, answer the prayers of these your children. Their parents are crying out. The husband is crying out. The children are crying out. And that's Romeo's mother actually. So let us pray and say, God, you are our healer, Master. We have nobody else, but we come to you. We come only to you and we seek your face today. As a congregation, Father, we seek your face. And we pray, hide not your face today, Lord God, for those who seek you, Lord God. We pray, Lord, turn not your face from us, Lord God, in anger. If there is any sin in us, we ask you to forgive, Lord God. If there is any type of witchcraft that has been placed, we ask you, Lord God, to deliver us, Lord God. Set your children free, Father, that they who are seeking you, Lord God. Father, we put our hope in you. O oh, God of our salvation, in you we trust, Lord God. 
And Father, we say, thank you, Lord God, that you are going to be in control of the situation. We lift up our brother Sabi, Lord God, into your throne room of grace. As he is getting ready for his marriage, we pray, Lord God, you will bind them together, that no powers of darkness will ever separate them. In Jesus' name we pray. A last prayer point in connection to the message that we heard. What are the challenges we are facing today? Many of us are having some type of challenges. And one person's challenge is not the other person's challenge. Maybe most of us struggle with living a holy life. That's the greatest challenge for the entire church. To live a life that is pleasing to God. Is your challenge to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength? Is the challenge to even love your neighbor as you love yourself? That's the great challenge that we all face. We are not able to love the person on our right and on our left. Is your challenge that you are not able to serve God with all your heart? You want to serve Him. Your desire is to serve Him. But you are not able to serve Him. Somewhere the enemy is stopping you from serving God. Is that your challenge today? I want you to ask the Lord. Is your challenge reading God's word that you are only able to read His His verse for 4 or 5 and you are tired? Is that your challenge? Is your challenge praying to God? You are not able to pray that you only pray when you are traveling. You only pray when you are sick. But God asks us to pray 24-7 whenever we are free. Is that our challenge today? Is your challenge coming to church? Coming to church on time? Time and over again we have heard the challenge come for intercession, but we find it so difficult. Is that why the enemy has put you that you are not even able to come to church on time or to come to church? What is your challenge? Today, let us pray for deliverance. Let us pray for freedom and say, God, these are the challenges that I am having. Only you know your challenge. Lift up your hands and say, God, I have a challenge, Daddy. I am struggling with this, Lord God. My prayer life is in the drain. My reading the Bible is in the drain. Father, I am not able to overcome many areas of my life. Can you set me free today? Set me free today, Father God. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Every hand that is lifted up, Lord God, to you. Every voice that is crying out to you, Lord God, says that we have a challenge. Father, hear us from heaven. Turn your face to us, Lord God. This is a heart's cry. Set us free today, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we could share the grace, the exits are still on my left. Just be a little careful whenever you're drinking water. Try not to be taking water uh, in the car park area so that we observe the the rules of the land also. Let us share the grace. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And God's people say, forever and ever. Amen. Be blessed this week and forevermore. Amen.